Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one sports podcast on the entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and we have a banger of an episode for y'all today. Um, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, we're going to talk about Odell Beckham, we're going to talk about some stars, we're going to give you some NFL power rankings per usual, and yeah, let's kick off the show. First thing I'd like to talk about is, you know, someone I've kind of been right about over the past year, someone who I've hated probably my entire life as a Chicago Bears fan, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, I let's just say I was right about moving on for both sides, okay? I think it was about six months ago where we talked about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers moving on for both sides, for both being the benefit. Packers maybe getting something out of it, Aaron Rodgers getting a fresh start in a city where, you know, he hasn't won a championship in a decade. Um, you know, it was going to be a good thing for both sides. And, you know, it was a pretty well set thing, according to rumors, according to media, according to sources, that Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay were going to move on, you know, pending a loss in the playoffs. And well, once again, that happened. And it wasn't a good team that beat him either. The 49ers, uh, you know, a strong, a strong holding defense. They, you know, they were a run, a run dominant team towards the end of the season last year. And they put the Packers to sleep in cold weather in their home territory. And, you know, it was time to move on for both sides. The problem is the city and the staff of Green Bay is obsessed with this guy. They're obsessed with his God complex. They're obsessed with this guy acting like he's the smartest person in the room wherever he goes. They're obsessed with the potential-driven uh, capability of winning five rings. Well, in reality, he hasn't. He's won one, and uh, quite frankly, he hasn't been in a Super Bowl in the last 10 years either. So... You know, they're obsessed with having this regular season monster on. You know, he's got a few MVPs under his belt, uh, but he hasn't delivered in playoff time. But, you know, the talent is there. Aaron Rodgers, I will wholeheartedly say, is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen on a football field. The reads he makes, the progressions, the off-the-back-foot throws, the Hail Marys. Uh, there's so much different things he's done to, you know, brutalize, you know, my Bears uh, as, you know, to torture me over the years, but I respect it. I respect the guy. I respect his play, but you know, he's a choke artist and let's just be in reality. Let's just be real here. And now with no star receiver, Aaron Rodgers is a lost puppy as well as the entire organization. You know, he's got Alan Lazard who might be in the top 30 discussion. He's a six, five behemoth, but he's no Devonte Adams like they have last year. Um, they should have sold as we felt, you know, to, you know, they should have felt the end of this era of Aaron Rodgers after the NFC divisional round last year. Now, rather than getting anything in return, Green Bay will have to watch Aaron Rodgers retire at the end of this year. Yes, I, I firmly believe that's going to happen. I think it's becoming more and more blatant as we watch uh, Aaron Rodgers' body language, as we watch, you know, the Packers dwindle into irrelevancy, as they dwindle into, you know, medi mediocrity, per se. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is close to 40 now. I think he might even be like th 38, 39. Um, you know, he's close to 40. He's done everything he's could for the city of Green Bay. And uh, just moving on at this point, I don't know if it's good for his career. I don't know if it's good for his legacy. I don't know if it's good, you know, for both sides. I don't know if he's got the talent anymore. Uh, and, you know, the loss to the Lions was 100% his fault. Um, you know, they played great defense, which the Lions, obviously, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It's a rare occasion that we see that but they did and this is the rock bottom scenario for Aaron Rodgers and you know Green Bay if we're to being completely honest because they've gotten nothing out of it they've gotten nothing on you know the thought of selling him 
before the season, the thought of, you know, having a three and six record midseason and not getting any better. So it was time to move on for both sides as we see it now. And I've been saying this for six months, uh, the obsession but with the, the city, how they love him, how the organization has loved him. It hasn't worked for 10 years. They should have seen that after the loss last year. And now there's lost puppies all around the organization, including Aaron Rodgers himself. So that's my Aaron Rodgers take. I just wanted to uh, humbly say I was right, as I always have been humble when I am right, if you've been a uh, watcher through 53 podcasts now. Um, Next guy we're going to talk about, speaking of humble, Odell Beckham Jr., the sweepstakes. Um, Do we even call it a sweepstakes at this point? Because what we've been seeing is teams said to be involved, um, you know, contenders per se. But are they contenders? The three and six Rams. The Chiefs, who quite frankly don't need him. The Bills, who already have a great young core. The only realistic options I see at this point are the Giants, who are 6-2, and two, have a weak spot at receiver, have proven that, you know, based on their defensive performances, teams they've beat, Barkley going off, and they're a contender in the NFC, okay? We can't put it, you know, to the side now. We can't call it luck at any point. They're 6-2. and two, It's midway through the season. Um, they're a contender in my book, okay? Uh, also Dallas Cowboys, weak spot at receivers. CD lamb is out. Michael Gallup, uh, might be out for the season and, uh, they're missing a receiver and Jerry Jones loves the idea of bringing Odell Beckham in as a number one guy. But do you bring an out of prime off an ACL tear guy, uh, into an organization where you're expected to be great? It's a risk for him. It's a risk for, you know, reputation. It's a risk for teams, Um, I just think, you know, this free agent sweepstakes for a guy who's past his prime off an ACL tear is, you know, kind of over-exaggerated. I think there's a lot better receivers, you know, in this league at the number two spot who, you know, I just don't understand. You know, he had a great Super Bowl performance, but he's off an ACL tear. This isn't the same Odell we've seen, you know, as rookie through year three. Um, Yeah, and it's just teams that I see, you know, who have a great chance at winning the Super Bowl, being interested in this guy. He's a great three, and that's why I like the idea of him going back home to New York. They have nothing to lose there at the receiving spot. Um, That's a weak spot for them. Uh, Teams that have been interested in Odell Beckham, like the Rams, Chiefs, Bills, I don't honestly think need him. Uh, Cowboys might, but uh, that's I think it's a big ball in both courts to send Odell off to Dallas because Dallas, one of the most reputable franchises in the league, Odell Beckham, one of the most notable superstars in the NFL. Um, there's going to be a lot of pressure there for a 30-year-old off an ACL tear. Um, yeah, he, he, you know, he had a great Super Bowl performance, but uh, he's, he's 30 years old, out of his prime, off an injury. I just I think it's very over exaggerated right now. The sweepstakes continue to rise. It's it's news we hear every day. It's top of the ESPN headlines, and you know he had a okay year with the Rams last year, but I think overall it's just over exaggerated. And you know whoever gets Odell, I don't think it's going to be a Super Bowl carrying acquisition as we're, we're you know the media is portraying it to be. So um, I like the Giants a lot here. You know going back home based on you know their team needs. Um, they're technically a contender and, you know, a passing game, uh, you know, a receiver better than the guys that they already have would definitely help them out. Um, but I think Dallas is a little too much for, you know, both sides to handle and the teams that want him, uh, really, 
that we've heard of, the Rams, Chiefs, and Bills, you know, they don't really need him, in my opinion. And the Rams are three and six now. I don't think anything offensively is, you know, necessary where Odell's going to completely change it for them. Uh, yeah, that's my take on that. The sweepstakes, the over exaggerated sweepstakes of o- Odell Beckham Jr. Anyway. We're going to jump to the NBA now. We're going to talk about, a, you know, kind of a surprise we've seen in the start of the season, the NBA Western Conference. And so mainly I'd like to talk about the Utah Jazz, okay? The NBA Western Conference, it's flipped upside down. The Jazz and teams, the teams like the Jazz and Blazers are near the top, while the Warriors, the Lakers, and Timberwolves are near the bottom. Teams, three teams that we thought were going to break out and, you know, be in that playoff picture. Well, quite frankly, they're not. And uh, what does this say? While Laurie Markkinen is having an all-star season and Colin Sexton is playing great, um, this team is at the top of the Western Conference. And, you know, super teams, as we'd like to call them, with the Lakers having Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Anthony Davis, T-Wolves getting Gobert, um, having Carl Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards uh, kind of near the bottom of that conference. I think they're a little under 500 right now. I know it's early, but what does this say about the dynamic of the NBA? Are you saying that... Um, you know, chemistry might matter a little bit instead of building super teams, uh, you know, just getting every superstar around the corner for your team. I think it worked in, you know, the early 2010s. But right now, uh, if we look at the dynamics, we see um, a, a team with a top superstar with a group of good role players and maybe a great number two. Uh, if we take a look at the Celtics, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, role player, extravaganza and we look at the suns chris paul devin booker role player extravaganza even deandre and i'd say he's better than a role player but um when you have the best role players that's a championship team right there i think that's what we're seeing now and when you see teams like the clippers um nets lakers all fall after trying to build the best superstar driven team possible um i think that it's a dynamic that is dying in the nba with getting you know the best players possibly, you know, ball. if you get three ball-dominant players, it's not going to work. And I think we, we're starting to figure that out. Uh, when you have the Jazz, they have a ball-dominant guy in Colin Sexton. The rest of the guys are great role players. Um, but when you have, uh, say, the Nets, Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons probably bringing the ball up, Kyrie maybe a possession, Kevin Durant a possession, it just doesn't work anymore, and I, it just it, it boggles my mind that you know teams that have a superstar they want to spend all of their money on a, another superstar, and it just it doesn't work anymore. It might be fun in two K, but no, this isn't this isn't two K, and this isn't two thousand ten anymore. The super team dynamic should be over at this point, and I mean the Warriors built their team from the bottom up. Um, I think the super team dynamic with them with Kevin Durant was the only. Uh, unstoppable one, you know, when you have two of the greatest scorers of all time. Okay, well, let's get it out of the way. But um, other than that, when you have, you know, three ball-dominant players on the Lakers and, you know, three ball-dominant players for the Nets, it's a dynamic that is broken, okay? And, you know, I think we're seeing the end of it here. And in the future, we'll start to see a lot of teams pay their superstars more and then fill out with role players who, you know, know their role, and have the best role players in the NBA. That's how it should be. Anyway, that's my take on the NBA here today. Uh, the Surprise Jazz, that's the headline, the Surprise Jazz. Surprise Jazz music is never a bad thing, but we got the uh, Surprise Utah Jazz. It's not something you hear all the time, but 
day and age day and age baby anyway we got the fab five betting here we go i got five uh five leg parlay here two money line two over under or two spread bets and one over under um here we go it's all nfl seahawks plus two and a half uh, Tennessee plus one, Moneyline Eagles, Moneyline Ravens, and Dallas and Green Bay over 43 points. That is your Fab Five bets. Um, if you want to win some money, lay some cash down on that sucker right there. I can't promise you anything. I wish I could, but, um, you know, I'm not a psychic. But, anywho, that's what I see. NFL Power Rankings, main event time. Here we go. Number 10, I got the Bengals. Well, after a pathetic performance against the Cleveland Browns the week prior, they've certainly clapped back with a well-needed offensive performance against the Panthers, with Joe Mixon putting up five touchdowns and a record-setting fantasy football day. They found what they need to do, and once Jamar Chase returns, expect a surefire playoff offense. I see them as a wild-card spot. If they can get their offense under control, maybe another Super Bowl uh, push. I don't know if the Bills and Chiefs, though, you know, they're in a league of their own, but the Bengals... Who knows? They pulled off the surprise last year. Uh, we could certainly see another surprise this year. Number nine, I got the Seahawks. They continue to show they're a solid football team, you know, with a win over Arizona at home and recorded four sacks against a scrambling Kyler Murray. That's a tough thing to do, especially with a scrambler like Kyler Murray. Uh, they're not a fluke. I don't think we can call them a fluke anymore, and they should be respected. They're a top 10 rushing attack, and in my opinion, they have a top 10 defense um, pass rushing-wise. And, you know, just time of possession, they control the ball. Uh, Kenneth Walker is proving to be a superstar running back. And, yeah, they're just a good football team. I like them a lot. Number eight, the Jets. Um, you know, they had a, a bad effort against the Patriots last week, but they re-solidified themselves. Uh, they re-solidified their status in the AFC as a surprise playoff team. Uh, nobody expected them to do good, but they held time of possession uh, by a mile over the Buffalo Bills and forced a few turnovers against, you know, uh, Josh Allen, who doesn't commit a lot, so and it's against one of the best teams in football. Robert Sala seems to have a solid scheme for a team that is already far ahead in their rebuild. The only con I see with the Jets is Zach Wilson's questionable play, and that's a big question mark for the team going forward. I don't think it's their year this year, but they're going to be a strong AFC team in years to come. Uh, yeah, they're sitting at number eight. Uh, big win over the Bills. You're going to jump into the top ten there, especially with a six and three record. Uh, number seven, I got the Titans. Okay, so they lost. I have them jumping up here even after a loss simply because of their strong defensive play. Uh, it's not often you see Travis Kelsey roll his helmet off the field like a bowling ball. But, you know, they're 5-3 and three with a top defense and rush attack in football. Right now they need Tannehill back for maybe a strong AFC push like we saw in uh, 2019, I believe it was, uh, where they made a surprise AFC championship push. Um, I can see it again. Their defense is, their dogs on defense, they're so quick to the ball. And, you know, it's not often you see the Chiefs only putting up 17 points in regulation and, you know, kind of fighting for a win against Malik Willis and crew. Yeah. So they're going to be good once Tannehill comes back. They need their field general. Derrick Henry, obviously, best running back in football on paper. But um, their defense, running attack, uh, they look good in the AFC. Number six, I got the Cowboys. It was a bye week, but Dallas seems to be a top offense in football still with injuries. Uh, you know, they got injuries on their receiving core. They'll have to rely on, you know, a strong rushing attack going forward. We know their defensive potential as well. They'll be poised to chase the Eagles in their division. Um, yeah, their defense looks very solid. They're very balanced for an NFC team. Um, 
But, you know, C.D. Lamb sideline, Michael Gallup sideline, uh, pending, you know, what Odell does. They'll have to rely, you know, on Zeke and Pollard, you know, for the next week. Uh, number five, I got the Vikings. Uh, this might be, you know, the most critical I've been of a number five team in the power rankings. But, you know, a close win against a bad football team has them dropping a spot here. Okay, they're 7-1. and one. That's what's keeping them at number five. But with close wins against bad teams, they need more dominating jackknife performances you know, while being seven and one to solidify themselves as a top three team. Okay. They need to establish themselves as a higher threat <clears throat> for me to see them as, you know, a top threat in the NFC, even the NFC. I'm not even saying the NFL. They need the bit. They need to win, you know, by a landslide here. One of these games, um, you know, it's, I see them ceiling. I see them conference championship, but my God, they need to, they need to dominate, for me to see that because they're going to get blown out in the wild card if they can't beat the Washington commanders by more than three. Uh, number four, I got the Ravens. They're catching fire. And, you know, the defense controlled the pace of the game. That's something they've needed for a while now. The defense was kind of the question mark for them, uh, letting up deep plays. Their offense has kind of been lackluster over the last few games. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, come on, let's be honest. He's the last guy I'd say that can't get out of a slump. Uh, but they've won their last three games. They're six and three. And once their offense starts to catch fire again, they're going to be very dangerous. Okay, they they've had the potential to be nine and zero this season. They've only lost by a few points each time they've lost. Um, Dolphins, Bills, and Giants, I believe the losses were. Um, they've only lost by like less than ten combined points. And then I'll keep it short here with the last three: Bills at number three, Chiefs at number two, number one the undefeated Eagles. Bills most balanced team uh, in the AFC, in my opinion. Uh, you know, they're going to have a trap game against the Jets, but that doesn't, you know, I don't think that uh, kind of proves where they are in the AFC. Come playoff time, I see them as a strong threat. Number two, Chiefs, obviously, best offense in football. Um, they were showing up a little bit by the Titans, but, you know, once again, Patrick Mahomes found a way out. Um, and, you know, their defense came up big against, you know, Malik Willis in the last half of overtime. Uh, number one, Eagles, 8-0. Jalen Hurts is my MVP right now, most balanced team in football. Uh, we can go against their schedule all we want, but they didn't make the schedule, and they're 8-0, so, you know, I, you know, we can diss their schedule all we want, but they've dominated, you know, a few good teams, Vikings to main, name one, and, you know, they're the most balanced team in football when they need to play good offense. They play good offense when they need to make a strong defensive presence. They do that as well. Um, yeah. So that is my NFL power rankings, and that will complete the show. I think we're about to hit the 20-minute mark here. And, yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. This was fun, per usual, and this was episode 53. I hope you guys enjoyed. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit the follow button on Spotify if you haven't already. I'm here every Wednesday for a podcast. I make side videos as well, so keep an eye out uh, on the channel. And I will see you guys next time. Peace.